This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Rufuas and Yeshuas to Gans Klaishol, to the whole Klaishol. Um, tonight's subject is Hashem, we love you always. So, there's a few thoughts that I'd like to share with everyone tonight. Um, a lot of Torah being learned, a lot of Musr being given. Um Hashem, our seminary is open online. I gave a share today. The girls had a lot of questions. Let's go to the uh, to the number one thought. So I, I don't know if I'm going to call it guilt, but there's a lot of people throwing around a lot of guilt. Talking in shul, uh, making expensive weddings, um, Pesach, not, you know, cleaning your house yourself, uh, Lush and Hara. I really want to go in a, I really want to go in a totally different direction. I'm not great enough to say, to have an opinion. I mean that. It's not like everyone opens up. I'm really not. I'm. I'm what am I? <laughs> this is the biggest tzaddikim didn't give reasons when when Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem for reasons. Hashem said, "I'm not telling you." So he's definitely not telling me. <laughs> so when Melech asked for reasons, Tzadik he didn't tell him. He's not telling me. I'm not Dovid Melech. Not Moshe Rabbeinu. I don't think he's telling anyone. But I just I just want to share with the cloud a couple of different thoughts. This is one. You know, so a lot of people walking around with a lot of guilt. And that this generation caused this whole situation. Do we need to work on talking about Davening? Of course we do. So did they at the time of the base of Migdash, so did they at the time of the Holocaust, so did they... So, forever. Chavetz Chaim didn't write Shemir Zalashen for his generation only. He wrote it for us, for him, for before him. Uh, the Gemara talks about, you know, who wants the medicine of life. Don't talk Lashon Hara. So you, you, tomorrow's going back two thousand years. They had a problem with Lashon Hara. Um, talking to Shul is nothing new. Um, Tznius is nothing new. In the times of the Beis Hamidrash, the first Beis Hamidrash was destroyed because of Gilead Reyes. I, I don't know that Gilead Reyes is rampant. Of course, there's always Gilead Reyes in the world. Anything that's in the Torah is something that exists, but I don't know if it's rampant. Definitely not Shvichas Dumbin, we're not killing anybody. Um, you know, the Gemara talks about where the Bayayinim, the, the, they, they, they burnt all the food houses and they starved our own Jews. They all starved Klai Israel. No one's doing that. So we don't, we don't have Shvichas Dumbin. Um, I don't think we have Gilead Royus. We have a little bit, but not, not on a great level. And we definitely don't have a Vaidazara. I have to tell you, you know, that I work with a lot of kids that, that are off the derech, everyone knows that. And I've never met a kid off the derech who's a Vaidazara, who, who like has a Buddha in his house. He may not go for the old Yiddishkeit and he may say he's an atheist, but I've never walked in a guy who's a, who's a Buddhist or he's bowing down to a Vaidazara. 
That's not, you know, the, the, the kids who went through trauma and went through stuff, and for whatever reasons they're off the derech, but they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not serving Zara. They don't have houses of Zara like they had at that time. And then go through Navi, go through, uh, go through all the kings that brought Zara to Klaiusro. We're not even close. They didn't have this, uh, virus. So, yes, we need to stop talking in shul, we need to work on our tefillah, we need to work on our tzniyas, we need to be careful with lending money for ribis, we need to have better marriages, we need definitely to have better kivra v'eim. Of course we have. We need to have all that. And, and no one's going to tell you differently, and we need to learn more, and everybody has to go within himself and, 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 and work on himself. But to say that the virus is here, and good people are dying, and the world is never seen anything like this. Yesterday, oil was at zero. I think they were offering to pay you money to, if you have tankers to put oil in your tankers. This is unheard of. It's not normal. It's never existed. So we have to sit down and say, it never existed, all these terrible things, because now we're worse than ever. Not Klai Yisrael. I'm not talking about the world, and I'm not getting into what the world is doing. And the Averis that they're doing like they did at the time of, uh, of Noach's Mabel. I'm not getting into that. I'm not defending the world. Um, is the world worse than it ever was? I don't know. They always had Avedi Zara. They had Mishkav Zachar. They had all this stuff. Is it worse? I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know about the world. But Klai Yisrael is definitely not worse. The level of Torah has never been on this level. If you ask the people in Europe, the, yes, they were Tamid Chachamim and they were Yeshivas, but that was the minority. The, 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 the Torah learning was when the Balabas came from work, when it was getting dark, he sat and learned Mishnayis between Mincha and Mayrev. That was it. That was it. No Daf Going back 300 years. So yes, there were big tzaddikim, maybe bigger tzaddikim, but the Rav Am were not, did not know Shas. Did not learn Shas once. So right, let's think, let's, everyone who's watching, let's think. Right before this happened, Kleiswell celebrated the high. The high. The Shema Shas. The high. 60,000, 40,000, a million people, crazy amount of people finishing shots. So Hashem's punishing us for that? Nah, come on. Go, go to Borough Park. There's Minyanim till 3 o'clock in the morning for Myriv. Busikin, Flapwish here, Landau's till 1 o'clock. Every 15 minutes there's a minion. And I've been by that minyanim, and the tzedakah that's given by that minyanim, and the rides, and, 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 and go to the base hamigdash of Baropak, Lahavu, it's not a base hamigdash, but it's a chutzlah, it's whatever it is. And every 15 minutes, no, Shamashavah's not every 15 minutes, every seven and a half minutes, upstairs, downstairs, and a ride to Lakewood, a ride to the mountains, the chesed that goes on, the food downstairs, the tzedakah. No, never been like this. Never so many minyanim. 
all over the world, people traveling. The old days, you didn't have a million, you didn't have a million. People traveling, Chabad, Chabad houses, kosher food, Minyanim, wherever you go in the world, guys who wouldn't go on vacation only if there's a million. No one ever had that before. Minyan's never been this strong. So why would Hashem take away Minyan? Learning in yeshiva has never been this strong. There's never been a yeshiva like Mir Yeshiva or Lakewood. Thousands and thousands of guys sitting and learning. So if it's never been this strong, Hashem, why would you take it away? Learning was never this strong, you're taking it away. Tzedakah has never been like this, whether it's physically Hatzalah and, and Chai Lifeline, and I, I want to start naming it because it will be all the, all the different, all the different crazy amount for orphans, for giving away shoes, 60,000 pairs, Masam Chalev, my friend, 60,000 pairs of shoes for kids who have no shoes. Whoever did that? In Europe, they gave away 60,000 pairs of shoes. In the times of the base of they gave away 60,000 pairs of shoes. Millions of dollars going into Israel to buy matzah and for Pesach and for Sukkot and for clothing and for almanas. Never! So why would you take away all our money? We're giving more money than we ever did, and now you're taking away all our money. We're learning Torah more than we ever did, and now you're taking away our Torah. We're diving with Minion more than we ever did, and you're taking away our Minion. So it cannot be a punishment. Because we are at the high of learning Torah. Yes, we're at the high of not such good things too. I don't know if we're at the high, but... Yeah, there's assimilation, and there's a lot of things outside the firm world that's going on that didn't happen before. We have to pay attention. We're going to hear a very crazy story tonight. We have to pay attention that, yes, there's, there's, there's four-fifths of Klai Yisrael that's assimilating, that's marrying guy and that's leaving us. But that's not, that's not our fault. We're, we never did more care of than we're doing today. So it cannot be, and, and this is what the girls were like, 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 we're so bad, Rabbi Wallace, no, we're not. We've never been better in Tyra, he took that away. We've never been better in Yeshiva. Yes, the Yeshiva programs have problems, everything has problems, it's not perfect. Okay, we're in Gullis for 2,000 years, nothing can be perfect, we're far away from perfect. So, so no, we can't be perfect. And yeshivas have problems, and everything has problems. Businesses have problems, yeshivas have problems. Tzniyas has problems, shuls have problems. Everything has problems. But on the other side of the scale, we've always had problems. And 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 the yeshiva system in Europe was was better. Ask ask the Europeans how how they how they were disciplined. We were worried about the way we're being disciplined. Ask them how they were disciplined. So so, but they didn't have the other side. So everyone who's a thinker and who's listening, hmm, that's le- the highest learning. We 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 had a crazy CMHS. and boom, right after CMHS closed. Never has been this kind of money. Never, I can tell you. I'm in a tzedakah fan, uh, organization. Never has this been this kind of money and people caring and opening their hearts and. And, 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 you know, just, I have, you know, everyone knows I have a ranch and, 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 and a rehab. And like, right now, all the rehabs are closing. They're all closing. And people are calling me, Pesach, this and that. Their kids, they're closing. Where should they go? What should they do? Whatever it is. And I went out and I reached out, you know, that, you know, that we, we should not close and that we, we should be able to help these kids and whatever it is. And people open their hearts. 
and people they, they, they want to help people who have no children everyone's helping people who need shiduchim everyone's trying to figure out the, the shit of crisis how to fix it and everyone who needs tzedakah everyone today today and and, 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 and and the girl was saying to me like is this a test this is not a test HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows us very well today they were collecting blood for antibodies. They feel that if they get the antibodies um, into, per, into people who are sick, it'll fight the virus. So they did a whole thing in, in, in New York and all over the place. They said, you don't understand the percentage of from Jews that were online to give blood. You think Hashem was testing us? You think he doesn't know? He knows! Today an organization came out any person who became a widow, any woman, Rahman became a widow because of this virus, lost her husband, they will give them food for the whole year. You think Hashem didn't know that? It was a test? He knows his children very well. And he knows we're superstars. And he knows that we're there for each other. And he knows what Hatzalah is doing. And he knows what, he knows what every organization is doing. No Shiloh. It's not a test. I feel, and a lot of the Rabbanim are not speaking about it. My Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel, and, and Rav Chaim, they spoke about it, and then they stopped speaking about it. Because when you talk about Mashiach, people have this belief that when you talk about Mashiach, oh, Pesach night by the Seder, you're going to open your door, or you know he's going to walk in, they're going to blow the shaifer. Everyone who's listening needs to know something about Mashiach. If you learn the Rambam, if you learn any Mepharshim on Mashiach, it is a process. It is a process. I'm not going to get into the Zoya from Mashiach finds out that he's Mashiach until he comes, until the world changes. Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, and it's going to 14 months. This has to happen, and then this empire is going to crash, and then this is going to happen, then Yishmael. It's, it's a whole process. So, the G'daylim in the beginning was saying, it's the time of the Mashiach, prepare. They realized that everyone's reaction was, yay, Mashiach, it's over, the disease is over, yay, and Mashiach's going to come. But if, they, if he doesn't show up, when you say Shweich HaMashkor, or the day after Pesach, everyone's going to be like, oh, there's no Mashiach, the whole thing's not, not happening. And therefore, they all backed off. Because people don't want to wait for the process. I hate to tell you this, everybody, but Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was a process. It took 210 years for Klai Yisrael to become a nation from 70 people to become B'nai Yisrael till we could leave Mitzrayim. And then it took another process of 40 years of learning how to, what it is to be a Jew and to have, have. So, we are in a very huge process right now. We are definitely, according to all the symbols in the Gemara, you can read through the Gemara, how children won't talk to their parents, and parents won't talk to their children, and this was right before this whole thing crashed and happened. So many kids on the street, and kids will be mechutzav to their parents, mechutzav to rabbeim, um, a door that has do- the, the, the face of a dog, and it's very hard to understand what the Gemara means, the face of a dog, 
but um, it's very interesting. One of the Mephoshim say that a dog, when it's ahead of its master, and it's pulling on the leash, it continually turns its head to see where the master is all the time. It will be a door that only cares about what the people think about them. They keep turning their head. Oh, you, you like my car? You, you like my house? You like my money? You like my this? Da, 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 da. To be very busy instead of looking ahead, looking ahead, they're always looking behind them. Like, what do you have? What don't you have? What do you think of me? Covered, money, power. And that's one of the Mephoshim say. That's, that's what it means in the face of the door. We were in that generation. In the generation of... I always understood that kids, you know, kids sometimes don't want to talk to their parents and they're very big chutzpah But that parents don't want to talk to their kids. That I never thought would happen. And it happened. And so many parents said to me, I don't even want to say it out of my mouth. That I'd rather my child than he's being chal Shabbos and doing all this other stuff. Better off. Out of my house and want me to do it. Right? It happened. So... All the simonim, uh, somebody I went through the Holocaust, so I was telling her that Rat Hashem, Mashiach is coming. And she looked at me and she said, Yeah, I was on the march of the living when everybody was dying. And and like when Klai Yisrael, if you look at the Medrash Echel, when Klai Yisrael left, Oy, when Klai Yisrael, Medrash Echel, when Klai Yisrael left there, it's Yisrael in chains. So it says that Yirmiyahu, I talk about it every year, and Yirmiyahu brought Moshe Rabbeinu down to the world to see it, so that he would dive into Hashem. And it says that Klaisol saw Moshe Rabbeinu. I can read it to you in Echa. Klaisol saw Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, Ah! Oh, Mashiach! Moshe Rabbeinu is here to, to free us! And Yirmiyahu said, No. He's not here to free us, I brought him here to see us. So it wasn't Mashiach. So, so this lady who I said this to, that Mashiach is coming, said, yeah, we said that on the march. As everybody was dying, they're like, this is it. It says it's going to happen, Magog, and a lot of people are going to die, and uh, this is it. So in the middle of the march, he's going to come, the Malachim are going to kill all the Germans, and we're going to be free. She goes, it's 80 years later, he's still not here. So don't tell me Mashiach's here. When he's here, you'll know he's here. I said, I disagree with you. Why? I said... Because the Holocaust, we lost 6 million Jews. But kids were not mechutzah to their parents. Any European, your grand, ask you, my, my father, his kibbutz of aim, and my father-in-law's kibbutz of aim, you didn't, you didn't look at your parent in the eye for more than five seconds because it was disrespectful. Kibbutz of aim of Europe was, was not normal. It wasn't a, 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 a generation of looking behind you what other people cared about you. They were, most of them were poor. It didn't have a lot of the simonim we're missing. So it's, yes, it's part of such a huge death. Six million Jews is part of the process. But the other ingredients in the cake were not there. There's nothing missing in the Gemara right now in the world. Every ingredient is there. So it's called Chevle Mashiach. It's like, it's like childbirth. The Chevle Mashiach is not the childbirth. The woman, she, she's, she's going through, you know, contractions and pain and labor. But until the end, all that pain is pushing the baby, but it's not delivering the baby. It's, it's, it's a, it's a process. Giving birth is a process. We're in the process right now.
The baby didn't come out yet. But we're in the process. And you know what? It's very exciting when you go into labor because that's it. You don't have to carry this baby anymore. You can't sleep on your, you have to sleep on your back and you feel heavy and you're uncomfortable and, and you're finally going to give birth. So yes, we've been uncomfortable for 2,000 years and we're a little bit more uncomfortable right now because we're having labor. But in the end, Mitzvah Hashem, that's why it's called the Chavli Mashiach. It's not a test. No one's being tested. Now, did a God cause the Holocaust for a test? No. No. The Holocaust had to happen for whatever reason it had to happen. While it was happening, each person individually is having a test in, in, in a Muna. But the reason of it is not to test you. So, the reason that we're going through right now, Kashbach who knew that the lines of people giving blood are going to be Jewish people. And Akash Baruch Hu knew that Hatzal is going to be out there like no one's business. And we're going to make our own hospitals and we're going to do whatever we have to. Akash Baruch Hu knows that. He's not testing us. We're doing it before this happened. So he didn't have to test us. But, these are the, this is what we have to go through. So while we're going through it, just like in the Holocaust, while they were going through the Holocaust, was not a test. Nobody's going to tell you it was a test. But while they were going through it, some people had to make different decisions on how they're going to handle it. So you're sort of you're sort of testing yourself. It's not God's test. He knows we're already doing this. We didn't need this to have hot solo. We we didn't need this. I was today at a wedding down my block. Unbelievable. Yeah, 10, 12, 15 people, whatever it was. Chassan Kala made the wedding, happy. Hashem knows that if we don't have a $120,000 wedding with a million flowers and a 42-piece band, that we're going to do it, we're going to get married because we don't push off weddings. All the guy pushed off all their weddings. We don't put off weddings because we know that the focus, the end of the day, is the Chassan Kala being married. You think he's testing us? Like, oh, they're not going to make a wedding if they don't have a 22-piece band? God knows that. He knows us very well. He's not testing us. We're going through the birth pangs of Mashiach. And there's only one thing that you need to know why you're going through this. And that is Emunah. The same thing that Klai left Mitzrayim. Again, listen carefully. The Nisan Niglu in Nisan, they left Mitzrayim. One-fifth left Mitzrayim. Uva Asid, Lavo, and now, Nisan, Niglu, again going to be redeemed. The same way. The people who believed in Hashem, they were rescued. And the people who didn't believe in Hashem, they remained where they were. So, my answer to the girls today was that no, it's not a punishment at all. Chas It's actually a reward. Hard to see, but we all want Mashiach for the for the Geula, for the, for the Shechina, and therefore, this is what we want. It's very hard. It's very hard. We're going to talk about David Amelch a little bit today. 
and I'm going to tell you an unbelievable story about such a situation. Um, so that was their number one. They want to make sure that we're not being punished. Number two, again, you don't, no one has to agree with me. I'm just giving you my thoughts. Number two, which is bothering a lot of people. There are very good people that are passing away. Sadiqim Bitsid Khanias. A lot of Holocaust survivors that are in their 90s that made it through the Holocaust, made it through all the hardships in life, and they're dying alone in a hospital. And some of the girls just can't get past it. Hashem, it looks like he's collecting the Holocaust. And could be, I don't know why Hashem is doing what he's doing, but these are all people that are definitely in Gan Eden and going to Elam Haba, for sure. Um, after what they went through, and they kept Yiddishkeit and kept Kleistral going. But I want to dispel something that everyone was listening, because I hear this a lot. Why are people dying alone? No family, no people they know, alone in a hospital. What's with that? That's like, it's like, and, and no Leviah, 10 people by a Leviah. Number one, we don't really, we really are alone. A person is really alone. Let's get real, everyone. Let's get real. You're born alone. If you have a twin, they're right behind you or right in front of you. You're born alone. You're one. Right? Mishpatim, it says that. Come into the world alone. You want to, you want to, Think about this any which way you want. You leave the world alone. You stand in front of Hashem and give judgment alone. The only one that's with you is your Torah and your mitzvahs. Your family goes to the grave. No one jumps into the grave with you. And even if they do, you're still alone. So your family doesn't go with you. Your money definitely doesn't go with you. Your house, your respect in the community, nobody goes with you. Just your Torah and your mitzvahs. But, the Shekhinah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is there. And I want to read you something from a very holy sefer called the Avas Chaim. And the Avas Chaim says the following. It's uh, from a, a very, 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 very holy, very holy sefer called the Pirkei HaMerkava to Rabbi Yishmael Kohen Gadol. And he brings the following. And therefore everyone needs to know that nobody is alone in these hospitals. And they're not dying alone. He says the following. If a person is Zaycha and he dies with Torah and a good name. They carry his soul 
through all the worlds, with instruments, a band, and so on. The Kamakitois Shamalachim Kidoshim and thousands of angels who are holy, Machwisim, the fun of announce before the Nishaba. Tanu Kava the Tzadik Hazat. Give Kavo to this Tzadik. The Khayyitsimaganaidin Kitais Kito Shotzadikim. And many groups of Tzadikim come out of Ganaidin. The Kabo Panov. To be makabal panav, to meet him, besimcha with happiness. Ashrav laadam shezeichel lezeh, blessed is a person that is zeichel to this. An adam, a human being, kumoycha like this, sheyiske acharichas yomim, that after his life is over in many years, sheyaknish masai, his soul is brought up to the heavens. Al yidei malach michal. Through the through the hands of the angel Michal, Kemaisha Omer Chachmeinu Zerayin Lebrachin Nishmashes Hatidikim the Nishamas of Tidikim Malach Michal Makrulivnei Hashem. The Malach Michal brings it before Hashem. V'zehu Kolalam Meishal Adam. That is the world of a human being. Kain is a Kenu Hashem Lasis Vitzaynei Kirtzaynei. So you people out there that think people are dying alone, they're not dying alone. People who have families, thousands of people at the Leviah, presidents, but don't have Torah, Maisim, Toivim, die alone. With all those people, those people are alive, they're on a different plane. This is a spiritual plane, emotional spiritual plane. That's a physical plane. So you're alone. You're, you're, two, you're alone. But says Abbas Chaim, if you do Torah mitzvahs, not only you're not alone, the angels, music, song, tzaddikim from Ganeiden, none of these people are alone. We're alone. Each person is alone. All he has is my tzaddikim and any other Kodesh Baruch and he has God. That's it. So stop crying for the people who you think are dying alone. They're actually not dying. They're actually living, as the Mishnah says. To die is to live, and to be born is to die. They're actually living. So yes, we miss them, and yes, we can't talk to them, and there's nothing to talk about. But there's a reason that we miss them, there's nothing to talk about. But at the end of the day, don't worry about them. They're not alone. Make sure you're not alone. Anyway, if anyone wants to see, it's Avas Chaim Pashas Vayikra, Daf Vav. So those were two of the um, two of the main points that I was having with the girls today. They felt very, uh, they they felt that these people, you know, how can Hashem do this? And Hashem is not angry. And let's take a look at um, let's take a look at David Amelach's worst day. Let's take a look at Dota Melos for us day. Hi Hashem, Yud Gimel. Which a lot of people are saying um, in in Tehillim. Lamateach Mizmol David. First of all, 
everyone who's listening, listen to how David Melech, when he writes this, this Gimel, he calls it a Mizmar. It's his worst day. He's surrounded by enemies. He, 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 he's in a night of, of a, what did he say here? A, a dark night with no hope of dawn. He's talking not only about him, but he's talking about Kleisrel's Gullus. And he calls it a Mizmar. Mizmar is a happy song. How can you call this a Mizmar? And the answer is what I'm trying to tell everyone. That, that, that even though the woman's in pain when she's in labor, it's a Mizmar because she's going to have a baby. So it's a Mizmar. So Dabra Melech and Yud Gimel, listen to you, to Yud Gimel, and then try to understand how it's a Mizmar. At Anah Hashem Tishkecheni Netzach. How long, Hashem, will you endlessly forget me? I'd honor Tasha's Panechimimeni. How long will you hide your face from me? I'd honor Osha's Eitzes Benavshi. How long must I try to figure out schemes in my soul to get out of my pain? You know, figure out how I'm going to deal with this virus. Yagai Milvavi Yaimam. My, my, even by day, when by day it's, you usually feel better, even by day I'm in the same predicament. How long will my enemy triumph over me? That's a mizmor? How do you understand this, everybody? Habita, look. Hashem Answer me, Hashem. You gotta open up my eyes, lest I die. Unless I go into a sleep of death. Sleep of death is depression. If you don't open up my eyes, I'm not going to be able to deal with this. I'm going to go into a sleep of death. My, my, my enemies are going to begin to say that they overcame me. So where's this a Mizmar? So here's the Mizmar, everyone. The last Pasuk. The Mizmar is in this pain. I still love you, Hashem. And I still haven't forgot you. Last Pasuk Vav. I trust in your kindness. My heart will exult in, my, in your salvation. I will sing to Hashem for He has dealt with me kindly. Rabbi Gamliel said something once, many years ago. Let's give you a little bit of understanding what's going on over here. This is a mizmar. In the end, everyone that's watching, you will see what in Mitzvah one day, that this whole virus is a mizmar. And yes, that the whole world had to go through it, had to go through this. And I have no question that Hashem calls the yeshivas, not because we weren't learning, and He didn't call the shuls because we were talking in shul. It's not why. Um, again, you shouldn't be talking in shul, but from when I was growing up till today, the difference in talking in shul, you can thank a lot of people and, 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 and stop talking in shul and the organization and before the organization and everybody that whatever they're doing in shul and people got very mocked about talking in shul. There is no comparison between 40 years ago and today. No comparison. It is so much better. No comparison. 
Yeshivas and yeshivas and thousands. You ever hear anyone talking in Lakewood? You ever hear anyone talking in Mir Yeshiva by Mincha? You ever hear anyone talking in, in, in all the yeshivas? There's no talking, there's not a sound. There's hundreds of thousands of guys learning. You ever hear anyone talking in Shul? How many, I mean, Shabbos is a, bit of, a little bit of a challenge, but Shabbos, Mincha, Mayrav. Anyway, I've ever gone to land, any Shul I've ever gone to, nobody's talking. Your phone goes off by accident. They want to chop your head off. They want to hang you. They think you're supposed to get Arba Misa, Skila, Sreifa, Harry Bechanek, because your phone went off. They want to kill you. So, no. Hashem had to close the yeshivas and close Minyanim because he knows that if you say one Omeni Heshmei Rabbah, you can break all the Xeris. And for whatever reason, the, this process of labor that we're going through has to happen. It's Hashem's plan and it has to happen. And He knew if he doesn't close us down, because we're the defense, we're the anti-ballistic missiles, and if he doesn't close us down first, we will pray and break this Gezerah from the world, which might stop Mashiach from coming. I have to tell you something. I believe this is from Shem Shem Pinkus, and he, he said this, um, and he said this, he said this Purim time, that Mashiach was supposed to come by the Gezerah of Haman. Mashiach was supposed to come by the Gezerah of Haman. Because Nashim, Anashim, Vitaf were supposed to be annihilated, and then the Jewish nation would be annihilated, and Mashiach would come, and we'd have the whole new world. And the Atchik Tesla knew about this. And they said to Mordechai, let it happen. Let it happen. And Mordechai said, I am the leader of Klai Yisrael. My job here is not to bring Mashiach. That's for Hashem. My job is to protect the Jewish nation. They shouldn't be killed. That's my responsibility. Whatever Hashem wants to do, He can do. But that's my responsibility. Also brings down by Moshe Rabbeinu that time, by the Egel that the new nation that would come from Moshe Rabbeinu was also a type of Mashiach situation, whatever it was, and Moshe Rabbeinu said, this is not, this is not, this is not Noyach, this is not saving myself and my kids, this is, I have to save Klaus while I am their leader, and that's why it was Mecheni Noyach, he made up for what Noyach did, and he was, he was, he, he fixed it, and, and it says that, that, that Mordechai said, my job is to break, he went into the middle of the street, and he cried out loud, um, and he brought Klaus to do tshuva, and they were upset at him. Because the bottom line is he didn't bring Mashiach. And that's why it says, Rive of Klai Yisrael appreciated what he did. What do you mean, Rive? He saved everybody. It says that, that many of the, the, the Vim and the Ashkenaz and Gedola were upset at him that he didn't let Mashiach come. Now, if you do the math, probably if they would have killed all the Jews in that time, it wouldn't even be six million Jews. So he would have brought Mashiach and the Holocaust, right? right? But that's not the, the, the shliach of the door, the leader of the door. His job is to protect Klai Yisrael. That's his job. So I, Hashem took that away from us. We could have saved the world. We could have davened and learned and Hashem knows the power of Klai Yisrael's tefillah. 
We would have busted this virus into little teeny pieces. They would have found a cure in a second. And the whole thing wouldn't have happened probably. Hashem said, I, I, for us to go through this labor, I have to take away that power. And we're going through it. And when he's ready to give us back that power, he'll give us back that power. But don't think for one second that he doesn't know that we miss shul and that, and that we miss, you know, doing the dafyemi like we used to do the dafyemi and sitting in yeshiva and the kids saying alapes. But I'll tell everyone who's listening, if you think you miss shul and if you think you, the kids miss going to yeshiva, God misses it a lot more than we do. Because there's nothing more beautiful to him than a first grader singing alapes. Or listening to guys at 5 o'clock in the morning sitting around a table, 20 guys learning Dafyaymi. Or yeshiva, or girls. There's nothing. Or the chadoidi. Nothing. There's nothing in the world. This is whole simcha. He's giving away his whole simcha for this process, not punishment, for this process to happen. Says Davon Amelech. It's a mizmar. Because in the end, You'll see that it's all a song. I want to go to a capital that we don't say. It's not on the list. And this is what David Amalekh says. Mizmar David, the Mizmar. Hashem Shmatsvilasi. Kuf Mem Gimel, everybody. Kuf Mem Gimel. Kosh listen to my prayer. Hazine El Tachnunai. Listen to my prayer. Answer me. Answer me with, with kindness, with righteousness. Don't judge me. Because you're going to judge me. There's no living creature that, that's going to be innocent in front of you. For the enemy is pursuing my soul. He ground my life into the dirt. He sat me in utter darkness. That's what it feels like. Like those who are long dead. When my spirit got weak, in me, when my heart was appalled, how did I come out of it? How did I deal with it? So, David HaMelech, everybody, Zachati Yomim Mikedem, I recall the days of old. The family, the Pesach, the Yeshiva, the class, the Minyan. I, I remember everything that, that you did for me. I spoke about your handiwork. I spread out my hands to you. My, my soul is thirsty for you, Hashem, forever. Maher, Aneni Hashem, please, fast, answer me. Kolsi, Kolsi Ruchi, my spirit is broken, weak. Don't turn your face from me. Better not be like those who descended into the pit. Hashmi'eni babayke chazdecha. Let me hear your kindness tomorrow morning. Because I really do believe in you. Because 
Let me know the way that I should walk. For you have lifted my soul. Hatsileni mi oivya Hashem. Save me from my enemy. Elecha kisisi. I have hidden my plight. Only you know my pain. Lamdeni lasois ritzenecha. Show me the way. Teach me what do you want. Ki ato elohoi. You're my God. Ruchacha toiva tancheni beretz mishar. Guide me over a level ground. Laman shimcha Hashem techayeni. For your name. For your name, give me life. With your tzedakah, your righteousness, take me, my soul, out of this sorrow. And with your kindness, cut off my enemies. And destroy all those who oppress my soul. Because I am your servant. That's a mizmah when it's coming from that kind of pain. I want to end with a story. And I'd like to make two announcements that I think are very, 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 very important. One announcement is that um, I believe it's the birthday of Torah Anytime's Daily Dose. Uh, 365 days. Amazing. Um, I had the schuss to be on some of them. And... Um, the work that these guys are doing is is not normal, and all those who want to join should join the the daily dose. I also I have to say that a while back, a while back, I don't know, a long time ago, I was a little upset about the about the um, meaningful minute, the daily dose, because I felt that when you have a whole shear and you take out a minute or three minutes, people might get the wrong. You didn't get the whole shear. And um, I, I criticized it one night, and I was wrong. I was totally wrong, and I apologized to both to both of them, to the Torah Anytime's uh, Daily Dose and to the Meaningful Minute, that, you know, I went back and I and I listened to not only me, but I listened to a lot of the other people that they, the, daily, the Daily Dose did and the Meaningful Minute did, and I saw that they're brilliant. They, they Of course, they didn't get the whole share. You can't get the whole share. But they took a line or three lines or a minute or three minutes or whatever it was of of super chizik, like a super pill, a super vitamin pill. So you could take vitamin D, vitamin B, vitamin C, or you could take a, 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 a one-day multi, multi-vitamin pill, whatever it is, it has everything in it. So some people take that. I remember as a kid, I took a multivitamin, you take a multivitamin, it has everything in it. Right? Or you can sit there and take B12, all that stuff. So, so the sheer... Is taking them all separately, B12 and and, and, and v, uh, vitamin D and vitamin C, but the 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 Torah anytime the daily dose and the meaningful minute is the multivitamin. It's like boom. So it's got a little bit C, a little bit D, a little bit D, and it, it, it's 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 not your day. So um, yeah, you should you should definitely sign into both of them. And um, what Torah anytime is doing is amazing. There is something that they are doing. Hold on a second. There's something that they're doing starting Sunday. I want to talk about this for a minute. A uh, very big tzaddik. I know he doesn't think he's a tzaddik, but I think he's a tzaddik. By the way, all these guys are my tummy, so I'm just happy they're doing it. Um, I had a student, just tell you, I had a student in Yeshiva in Crown Heights, Basin when I was teaching, and um, he became like a, the biggest tzaddik in the world. And he came to visit me in Yeshiva, and um, 
he's learning like 16 hours a day. This guy was staggering 16 hours a day. He says, Rebbe, you proud of me? I'm like, nope. What do you mean? So I said, I want 18 hours a day. So 18 hours a day, Rebbe. I'm doing 16 hours a day. So it says that in the next world, if the person leaves this world, they, they have the same derech that they have in this world. So a Talmud, a student, can never sit above the Rebbe in Gan Eden. Not allowed to. It's not covered. So the higher the Talmud is, automatically the Rebbe has to be higher. I'm like, not 16, I want 18 hours. So I'm pushing my Talmudim over here and Torah anytime. Because guys, you just keep pushing me up, man. You take it, take it to another level. Well, anyway, so they, they, they're taking it to another level. I'd like to share this with everyone. Um, hold on a second. Let me try to get this from this situation over here. Okay. So his name, he doesn't want me to say his name. But with, okay, Rev Yaakov, we'll call him Rev Yaakov. So he just, he, he, he put together a project now with, uh, with Torah Anytime that's starting on Sunday. And he wants, you can, you can go online, something Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel is very into that everybody should take on himself some kind of, like, Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Gamliel says, I won't give you a bracha unless you take, a, take on a Kabbalah. He does it all the time. So you're able to go on to this website, um, Torah Anytime, and take on a Kabbalah. And he, he was saying, like, he would just give me some examples, saying, Ashi from a sitter, saying 10 brachas out loud, taking upon yourself Kriyachma on time, Bechadamadim from a sitter, learning two laws of Shabbos every Friday night, three chapters of Tehill, not all these, just one thing, saying a little Shabbat, um, concentrating, not running out, Doing have fresh challah in your home once a month, not looking at your phone while praying, putting on tzitzit every day, taking 15 minutes of Torah learning daily, calling your parents or grandparents every every Shabbos, saying Kriyashma with more carefulness, five minutes a day of having personal conversations. Um, and he thinks it's, it's not a fundraiser, there's no money involved. Um, and once this link hits on Sunday, you know, to share this, they just want to, everybody should take on small Kabbalah, baby steps. The power of every action is unbelievable. So that's something that's also connected very much to Torah anytime, and everybody should accept that. Um, in Hashem, the book, The Kibbutz of Aim, is coming out very, very soon. I think, shoo, it's the right, we need it very badly. I'd like to read you all just very short, and then we'll end with my story. Um, so I was at this wedding today, and they gave out this book of prayers. Amazing. I never saw this prayer. And with Hashem, we're going to put it on the on the inside of the cover of the of the kibbutz of the aim. It's a prayer, banim al avos, for children to daven for their parents. I never knew it was a prayer for children to daven for your parents. I know that there's a the shlach kaddish to daven for your children, right? We know that special tefillah to shlach, and and when you go wherever you go, any place you have a shari dim or a tefillah, there's tefillah for your kids. I never saw tefillah for your parents. So we're going to put this on the book, but but I, I want everyone to, maybe Torah Anytime can put this up tonight or whatever it is, I want you to say this every single day now. Listen to the prayer. It should be the will of God, the God of my parents. That my father and my mother, and us, all of us, should be healthy, strong. In order to serve you, Hashem, with truth and happiness. The same belibenu and put into my our hearts, children's hearts, 
to listen to our fathers and our mothers, and to save us. That we should give them honor all the time. That's the will of Hashem. We should serve you, God, with MS. And our parents, our fathers and mothers, should make us grow up. And get married. And good deeds. And our parents should be healthy. And all good things should happen to them with a happy face. And Hashem should fill all our requests for good. Our Father in Heaven, please make us successful and give us this chus to be magdal, the covet of your name, and the covet of the Torah, the will of my heart and my, my lips should be before you, Hashem. The daven that your parents should be healthy, have a good life, should be able to bring you up correctly, and that Hashem should put in our hearts to give them the right honor and treat them correctly. It's a, it's a prayer. I think we should say this every day right now. It's a big chutz to have parents and to have grandparents. Okay, here's the story. So, and it fits very, very, very well. And then I'll tell you who said, who, told, who wrote the story. So the story is, some of the people who listen to my shirim know this story. I haven't said it for a long time. So there was a king, and this king wanted to know if the people in the country liked him. So he got dressed up as a poor man, and at night... He went to the bars, to the taverns, to people's houses, you know, just as a regular guy, hanging out, chilling, the clubs, and listening to how people were talking, and everybody hated him. The king's miserable, you know, like CNN. The president's miserable, he doesn't know what he's doing, everything's wrong. What do they call that today? Uh, fake news. Eh, fake news all over the place. Everybody hated him. Terrible. Imagine being a king, and he would go to these different places, one night, comes to the edge of a town, and he sees a house, like a shack, like a half a house, a shack. It must be a very poor man living in the shack. He looks into the window, he sees this poor guy, right, like dressed in like, not rags, but dancing around his table, dancing around his table with a glass of wine. Long live the king! The king is the greatest! There's no one like the king. He's like, everyone hates me. I got to check this guy out. So he knocks on the door. He's just very poor. Guy opens the door. sees another poor man, invites him in, sit down. Says, can I give you something to eat? No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hungry. How about a little bit of my wine? I'll pour it into another glass. He goes, no, no, what's, what's going on? Uh, I hear you singing. Like, well, what are you singing? He's like, I'm thanking the king. He's the man. He is the man. He says... Why are you so happy with the king? He says, listen, I'm a poor guy. For a living, I fix things. I'm a fixer. So I go to people's houses. What's broken? He comes to the house. He says, I get six shekel a day for fixing things in the house. 
Then I go to the store, I buy a salad, pita, some tchina, my glass of wine. I got everything. I got a job. I got food. It's not a nice house, but I got a house. Whoever that king is, I love him. He says, okay. All right, see you. He leaves. And he says, you know what? Guy has a great life. He's got, you know, that's why he likes me. It's fine if he really likes me. So the next day, you know, no one knew that he was sneaking out at night. The next day, he's dressed as the king, and he puts out a law: no one is allowed to hire anyone to fix anything. Guy comes to the house. Guy says, "No, I'm sorry. This is a new law. What are you talking about?" The king put out a law: no more fix-it men. Okay. Next night, king comes to the house, wants to see how the guy's doing. Guy's dancing around with a, with the wine, food's on the table. Says, this is crazy. Knocks on the door, guy opens the door. Oh, you're back again? Yeah, what's going on? He says, you know, it's crazy. The king took away my job, but it's okay. Baruch Hashem, I got another job. I, um, I chop wood. There's a rich guy and he needs someone to chop wood. I chop wood. He paid me six shekel. Life is great. King is great. It's okay. Next day, he puts out a law. You're not allowed to hire anyone to chop wood. Comes back the next night. Guy dancing again. So what's going on? So I don't know what's going on with this king, but Baruch Hashem, I got another job. I was going past the stable with horses, and they're looking for someone to clean the stable with horses. And I got the job. He says, guess what I got? Six shekel. It's okay. Puts out a law. The guy didn't cop yet. Puts out a law. Not a lot of hire went to clean stables. Next night, he comes back. He's dancing again. He says, now what? He says, I, I, I can't believe it. Every time I get a job, the king puts out that I can't get a job. I don't know what's going on. It's just bad luck. I just have bad luck. But today I joined the king's army. He said, you're not going to believe it. You know what they pay a day? Six shekel. So I joined the army. I left tonight. I got six shekel. Life is great. King says, okay, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson once and for all. So he says, the army sends a message to the army. You, you pay by the month, not by the day. So now, the poor man doesn't have a job, nothing. Doesn't know what to do. He's hungry. But they, they, in those days, they fought with swords. And the, the army gave out, the king gave out swords, the army's swords. He says, listen, we're not at war anyway. The poor man said, I'm not at war. I'm going to take the, the metal sword, break it from the, from the hilt, sell the steel. I'll have what to eat tonight. No one's going to ever find out. It was very handy. I'm going to make a sword of wood, stick it in, paint it, right? And no one will ever know because you cannot sell the king's stuff. You, you, you be, they'll hang you. So that's what he does. Next That night the king comes, he's dancing. He says, what is going on? He says, listen, I'm going to tell you something, but you got to make sure the king never finds out about this. So oh, what do I have to do with the king? Of course not. He says, look! A wooden sword! Why did you get... He tells him the story. Now the king has got him. So the king goes to the jail. It's a ridiculous story. It's one of the most holiest stories. The king goes to the jail. And he says, is there anyone on death row here? Is anyone supposed to die? The guy says, yes. Tomorrow we're supposed to... We have an execution. The king says, great. Thank you. 
and he sends out a letter the next morning at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Everyone has to come to the palace, in the palace courtyard, and there's going to be an execution. Everyone has to be there. Whoever's not going to be there will be executed. So the army shows up. Everyone shows up. They take the guy. They tie his hands. They put his head on the wood, in the wooden block. The king's sitting there, and he points to this poor man who doesn't recognize him because now he's sitting like the king. He says, you, you soldier? He says, yes, yes, sire. He says, come up here. He gets up. He says, you ever kill a man? He says, nope. He says, well, here's your first one. Chop his head off. And the guy's like, um, if he pulls his sword out and the king sees it's wood, they're going to chop his head off. He doesn't know what to do. What's he going to do? He's stuck. And the king now wants to see what he's going to do. And he thinks to himself, and this is very important to whoever's watching, because this is where we're at. This is the story of the week, of the year, of the virus. And then I'll tell you who told this story. And he thinks to himself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull my sword out, and everyone's going to see that it's wood. But I'm going to tell them, before you punish me, king, I had a job. I was a fix-it man. You took away that job. And I didn't say one word. And then I got another job. Chopping wood. Hard job. And you took that away. I didn't say anything. Then I got another job. Cleaning stables. And know what? You took that away. I didn't say anything. And then I got a job joining your army. And you took that away. And I didn't say anything. Yeah, so I was starving. Yeah, so I sold the sword. So now you're going to kill me for it? He says, the king's going to be so embarrassed what he did to me, there's no way he's going to kill me. But if I do this, I will embarrass the king. And my whole life, I believe, the king was the greatest of all. And the king says, what are you waiting for, soldier? And all of a sudden, the poor man smiles. And the king's looking at him like, what just lit up in his head? And the poor man says to the king, before I execute the man, can I make a statement to everyone? Sure. And he's waiting for him to say, I got a wooden sword. He says, ladies and gentlemen of the country, I am going to execute this man. But this is the country of the greatest king in the world. And if for some reason, the judges were wrong in finding him guilty, God forbid that the king should kill an innocent man. May God make a miracle in the honor of the king if this man is innocent that my steel sword should turn to wood. And the king's sitting there, what? And everyone's sitting there, okay. Follow me with the camera. And he gets up in front of everyone and says, Long live the king. He pulls the sword out. And it's wood. And everyone starts to faint. And to bow down to the king. God made a miracle for the king. The man is innocent. What a king. There's never been a king like this in the, in the lifetime of the country. Never, ever. The king's sitting there and saying... After everything I did to him, 
This is what he did? A Kiddush Hashem? He made me look like the most amazing king ever? He didn't complain a word? The king started crying. That's what he did? That's how he reacted? And he called him over. And he said, You know that that poor man that came to you that came to you every day that was me I tested you oh did you pass that test from now on no more poor man from now on you will live with me in my castle This is a story written in the Sefer Maishiyos, in the back, in the Mishalim, or Nachman of Reslov. This is the times of Mashiach, he writes. We will go through very hard times. The base of Midrash will be destroyed twice. We believe in you. Destroyed. We believe in you. Destroyed. Spain, Spanish Inquisition, we believe in you. Destroyed. Crusaders, we believe in you. Destroyed. Europe, Holocaust. Destroyed. Every time we got a job, every time we got somewhere, you close us down. And in the end of time, God's going to bring us in front of the nations. And we could all turn around and say, what do you want from us? Took away our base on Megiddo, then you took away another base on Megiddo, then you took away Eretz Yisrael, then you took away, then you took away Spain, then you took a crusade, then you did the Holocaust, and now our kids are off the derech. We have all kinds of cancer and, and divorces, and then Klaichel has has a crisis and a crisis and a crisis and a crisis and a crisis. And so, what do you want from us? We can say that in front of all the Goyim. What do you want from us? It's your fault. Or we can make the biggest kiddush Hashem ever. Because we know and we love this king. And with your kindness cut off my enemies and destroy all who oppress my soul. Because I love you, Hashem. And I am your servant. And no matter what you do, or no matter what we go through, I know that you love me. And I know that you are the greatest of all. And therefore, if we're going through this, it's not a test. It's a process. And what we need to daven for is that a Kosh should speed up the process. It's going to happen. You've got to give birth. The question is, how long is the labor? So, like, we'd like to have, like, these women who have babies at home. It's like, oh, I have a little pain. Malakam! Like, two minutes later, Hatzal didn't even make it. And sometimes it's a long labor. Sometimes it's a day. It's two. Sometimes I got to pull the baby out. It depends. So, our tefillah to Gersh Baruch is, not, not when will this end? 
And that's what everyone's walking around. When we get to the top, to the bottom, to the fade, then it's going to come back, then it's going to come back, and it's not going to come back. This works, that works, this doesn't work, and everyone's waiting for the curve. Curve? So there's not 20 million people dying, there's only 10 million people dying? What kind of curve? Tell it to the people who are dying, curve. What kind of curve are you waiting for? I'm not waiting for a curve. People are telling me, waiting for, the, for them to open up the stores. Someone told me this today. He's like, can't wait till they open up the stores. And, and the whole Galatian world, you see, and all, the, all, the, the, all, all they're saying is, we can't wait till, business, till the businesses open up. That's what you're waiting for, you stupid world? That's what you're waiting for, the business to open up? We're waiting for the Messiah, waiting for Mashiach, waiting for Kodesh Baruch Hu, waiting for the Beis HaMingash. Not till the, the apex, the apex of what? What's the apex? If you don't give birth, what's the apex of labor? We go through all this pain, and it gets a little bit less. What does it do for us? We just have to dive in that we should just get there faster. But David HaMelech tells us there's worse time in the cave when he was surrounded. Ms. Mar David. It's all a song. Maybe we'll see the Yeshua, the Karayv. And don't worry. Nobody's dying alone. Everybody has his Torah and his mitzvahs and his mice and Tavim. The dying should stop. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Malachim, and Sadiqim, no one's alone. Sometimes the people that are not alone are very alone. Trust me, I've met a lot of people that are not alone, but they're very alone. And a lot of people that are never alone, because they always have God. So, as my title says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we are your children, and we love you, and we know this is for our good, just if you could like rush it up a little bit, we'd appreciate it. That's luck and thank you for listening, everyone. So probably at this point, everyone who's listening has a, has a big question. What happened to the guy whose head is on the block of wood who was supposed to be killed? You can't, they can't execute him now because it looks like a big miracle just happened. So yeah, they have to untie his hands and they let him go. Because how could they kill him now after such a thing? So he gets a, he gets off scot free. He has no idea what he did. He doesn't know the whole story. Every night, da, 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 with the wooden sword, he doesn't know anything. He just knows, and he turns to God and he says, "Thank you, God. What a miracle! A miracle just happened. I was supposed to have my head chopped off, and, I, and he walks away free." So what does that have to do with our story? And the answer is, when Mashiach comes, there's a big chunk of Israel that they don't, they don't know anything about Yiddishkeit. They never learned it. They're living out in Montana, whatever it is. They don't even know they're Jewish. Uh, they don't deserve to die. They didn't do anything wrong. It's not a lack of bitachon. They didn't do any avavis. They're What's going to happen to them in the times of Mashiach? And the answer is, if we do what we're supposed to, and we have the bitachon, and we have this emuna that we have, um, what, what is emuna? Emuna means, I was telling the girls today, emuna means... Um, where a person surrenders, just surrenders himself to Hashem. In other words, I put up the, I put up my sail. If it blows east, it goes east. If it blows west, it goes west. The moon it means that right now I have no idea what's going on in the world. I trust to Hashem. Whatever you know, um, 
It's um, um, you're supposed to go for a colonoscopy every if you're over fifty years old. You're supposed to go every few years. So when I would go for a colonoscopy, so they put you in this room. There's an anesthesiologist and a doctor and two nurses, whatever it is. And um, I learned already. They 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 put in the Demerol into your in, inject it in, and and they say count to ten. You don't get past four. At four, your head gets a little dizzy. You're out. Now now when you're out. You have no control over anything. So you, ubiyado of kibruchi, I said that before I, before they do it. of kibruchi, my soul is, my, my spirit is in your hands. And, uh, when I wake, when I sleep and when I wake up. So I, I have no idea what's going on. I trust the doctor. I surrender. I'm out. I'm out. Totally out. I surrender myself to the doctor. And I trust that he's not going to cut me up and sell, sell my organs. I don't know what he's going to do. I trust him. So, so, real imuna, total surrender. Here, I'm yours. Have a good day. And when you surrender, even if you want to go west, if the wind's blowing east, and that's where the way the sail is, then you go east. So we, we have to, at this point, realize medicine, doctor, dit, 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 all this stuff. Hashem, I surrender. I'm sleeping anyway. I don't know what's flying in this world. I'm in your hands, and I trust you. So, so when Mashiach comes, these people, they don't deserve to die with the people who are doing Averis, because they don't know any better. So because we have this emuna and this bitachon, and we make this Kiddush Hashem, it would look very bad for the king if the world would see, the Goyim would see, that a lot of Jews are being are dying, right? It would look very bad for the king. So because we have emuna, and at the end we believe in the king, so the king is going to save all the people who don't deserve it, will be saved also. That's the kayak of the story. And that's the message that the Rebbe of Nachman tried to give over. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.